that lead to what's most desirable uh, and what we really want, which is predictable outcomes, right? That's all we, we get paid to do. And that's what we're here to do is to take a set of drawings, some plans, some specifications, an idea uh, that a customer wants and say, you know what, this is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to do it. And then through all these techniques, conversations, text message, phone calls, and meetings, produce this outcome, right? And make Magically. it happen Magically, <laughs> you know? So, Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to the CM Mentors Podcast. My name is Matt Graves. My co-host each week, each week is Kyle Grandell. I can't talk today. How's it going, Kyle? Yeah, it's going better for me than for you, Matt. <laughs> I'm just going to blame it. I'm just going to say there's a lag. That's what's going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. How you doing, man? <laughs> I'm good, man. I'm trying to drink a cup of coffee this afternoon to stay awake. We had a heavy uh, chicken strip sound, or chicken strip fingers basket for lunch, and I'm hurting. That's why I can't talk. I'm going to blame it on that. <laughs> hey, I, I know what I'll do. That chicken will put you to sleep, you know? <laughs> it's, been a, it's been a day. Anyway. Yeah. This week's uh, guest is another Kyle. It's Kyle Nitchin, and uh, he's from. Uh, I kind of got to know him through LinkedIn, and also he has a really awesome Substack as well. So um, he puts out a lot of really great content. We had to get him on here to, to kind of talk about some of his content. So welcome, Kyle. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Kyle. Yeah. Welcome. Uh, pumped to be on. Glad to be here. Well, it's Super with, glad to have you. With two Kyles, I'm gonna have to make sure I stay far away so we don't have any drywall damage or anything like that. So. Yeah. yeah, no, you be careful. And I want some monster energy or something, too. Um. <laughs> so uh, Kyle, Texas is actually right by Austin. And I was in, they had a big Kyle festival. I don't know if probably ever Kyle in America probably heard about it. I was trying to get uh, Grandel down to go to it. But anyway, I had some people forward me some memes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Was it good? Well, I my, guess it was good. My thing on that was like there was nothing that actually drew me to go there because like yeah there was this big gathering and like they talked about it could be a world record setter but but if they showed us that hey we have these attendees and we might actually make it close I'd I'd get on a plane in an instant I'd be like oh yeah, yeah I gotta be there for this but you know they don't, they don't do anything to bring you there so what a waste they, they didn't sell it very hard it was like the third year in a row they tried and they were like yeah show up maybe we'll do it like that was it <laughs> okay. I hope they hear this and change their ways. I, I'm sure they will. <laughs> well, Kyle, for people who don't know who you are, you can give us a little bit of a uh, background yourself. Yeah. Uh, so background on me. So first you mentioned uh, my sub sack and Matt, you were the actual person that inspired me to start that. I first came across uh, the construction curiosities uh, newsletter first. And that's when I was like, Oh, you know, I want to try one of these things and I think I can do it. And I love talking about this stuff. So thank you for, for getting me to, to get going there and introduce me there. But, um, yeah. you actually put other out than smart that, content and not just stupid stuff like I do. So <laughs> <laughs> no, yours is good too. Very useful. Um, but yeah, I've, um, I'm in the construction industry, um, senior project manager for a, uh, national construction management firm, Layton Construction, and been in the industry for about 10 years, coming on 10 years um, to the beginning of next year. And so I grew up um, kind of in between uh, traveling around in between Canada and, and Colorado. And um, after high school, I, I typically, I wasn't really a um, 
very good in the traditional school system and didn't really, you know, get good grades or anything like that. I just couldn't really focus in that environment. So after high school, I really didn't have a plan for myself and um, didn't know what my next steps were. So I didn't go on to college. I went into uh, working for a local landscape contractor and I was doing landscaping and labor work. And um, for me at that time, 18 years old, it was awesome. And um, I loved it. I worked on a crew and, uh, you know, we got together, we did cool projects, commercial, residential, landscape houses, built waterfalls, and um, it was fun. So that was my first intro into the industry. Uh, a fast forward a few years, I uh, did, you know, kind of put connect some dots and, you know, said, oh, I, I want to figure out a, a little deeper, a little uh, better of a plan for myself. And I ended up going on to school and I went to Colorado State University and um, still didn't know what degree I wanted or anything like that. But with my background and getting to the point where I kind of had to choose a degree, you know, that's why you go. Um I, I found out about this construction management degree and having that background in landscaping kind of really helped me kind of like, oh, you know what? I have that experience. I liked it. It was cool. I want to work outside and, uh, you know, get things done. And so I, I got a construction management degree and it turned out to be really well, uh, really good and worked out well for me. So that's how I got connected with uh, who I work for now late. And, and I've been traveling the country uh, building um you know, uh, hospitality, hotels, and ultimately ending in healthcare, uh, which I am right now, and um, leading projects and operations here in Southern California. And it's been a heck of a journey and and, and learning a lot. And I, I, I couldn't be more excited to be in this in this space, especially right now. Um, I just feel like it's an exciting time. There's some important problems that we need to address and and figure out. And we're at the forefront of it, so it's exciting. Yeah. Heck yeah. So, so first, really quick. So, you got into landscaping first, which is freaking hard work, man. And you still <laughs> want to do construction afterwards? You want yeah. to do construction management afterwards? Jeez, that's, <laughs> that's off to Be you. That's believe that's it or not. Man. Yeah. <laughs> It was hard work. I mean, uh, it was digging trenches, planting trees, uh, humping sod and bricks. Um, but it was cool. Uh, luckily, I, I was, I'm a hockey player. Um, grew up playing hockey and, um, you know, committed to a team and, and, a, and a goal. So hard work was kind of built into that. So that, that part didn't really, you know, steer me away uh, um, that much. So it was cool. Awesome. Awesome. So what's yeah. the, you've been with Leighton your whole career so far? I have, right? yeah. That's awesome, man. That's cool. You don't see that very often, but what's the coolest project you worked on? Um, two come to mind. Uh, first was my first project um, coming right out of school, which was a, a three building development where we built a performing arts center a small hotel and a parking structure, but it was for this really fancy developer that was out of Argentina. Um, and it was right on the ocean in Miami beach. Um, so that was a crazy, crazy project. And, and I was, that was me just knowing nothing in the industry, uh, being my first project and kind of learning, uh, from the fire hydrant. Um, 
but it ended up like just the scope and the location and the owner and the situation was very unique. Um, and so when you like, when we walked away from that project of what we built, it was just like, whoa, like it was one of those world-class designs, you know? And so I was very fortunate. That's where I, I kind of met my first mentor and, and kind of saw how he um, operated and set the bar for a influential project manager. And we can get into that later, but um, um, that was an incredible experience. And then uh, one other was came to mind was really my first big project that I took on on my, my own um, was just a high-end healthcare project um, in Beverly Hills, California. Uh, it was a pediatric uh, critical care unit that was um, sponsored by a donor and just essentially wanted to be done at, at light speed. Um, so that whole process and it being my first real big one on my own was was a really cool experience too. learned a lot it was painful at moments but um when it when it was all said and done and it was just like an amazing experience yeah those are cool when you kind of take a step back i've had a couple like that where it's just like your whole life's a blur for like a year or two years and you step back you're like man that was kind of cool <laughs> but you were just like everything was flying when you were doing it yeah yeah we do some cool things we do some cool things here definitely i want to take a break right quick from this because it's kyle's favorite game here where he go. has to <laughs> try to move it all around the podcast i didn't do it last week i know so you're throwing me off here i was ready for this later <laughs> so i know kyle nitchin's gonna have we get into his seven archetypes here in a minute but i want to get this out of the way first because you know this is my favorite part of the, of the podcast so kyle Let's do I show, it. I show, a, I show a meme for the people who listen to this and don't watch the video, and Kyle Grandel has to describe it for everybody. Yes. And, and also, All right. in, case, in case the listeners don't don't know this, I haven't seen this ahead of time. This is totally no. not, this is not <laughs> planned at all because this is part of Mad Graves' sick enjoyment. So <laughs> I don't know if anybody likes this, but I do. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right, here we go. <laughs> Oh, yes. This is amazing. This is my favorite this. meme ever. It was actually, when I was thinking about Kyle, I was thinking about the Substack, and I was thinking, like, when I did it, I started putting memes in the Substack. This was in episode one because, like, this is my, this is my first construction meme I ever saw. So, anyway. I love this. So, for those that can't see, we've got what looks to be some kind of architectural drawing. And uh, it's, it's a small snippet of one, but it's got some, <laughs> uh, some dimensions on it. Uh, the word kitchen and then it's clouded which is you know probably some kind of a, a rev to the drawing set or something but something's happened here and the tradesman took it a little literally and in the picture below the, the schematic drawing is what appears to be a, a concrete ceiling and they had actually drilled out this cloud in the floor <laughs> so you, you can imagine there is a hole in the floor that is the shape of this cloud this rev cloud on this drawing and then the words say, please be careful when you put revision clouds on your drawings. Some of the contractors do not understand. <laughs> that's gold. That, uh, that's a good one. I like that. That is construction meme number one that I've ever, like, I, just, I don't know. I liked it forever ago. So <laughs> That's a classic. Took it a little too literally on that one. But, but hey, we installed it for the drawing. It's done for plans and specs, literally. Yeah. If you're in for the plan, you're never wrong. <laughs> it's the scale. It's got the same. I mean, I counted the, the cloud bubbles. It's perfect. Yeah. 
<laughs> so I like it. Anyway, back on topic. Um, we talked about influential uh, project manager, and that's uh, the title of your Substack. So, what is an influent influential project manager? Um, yeah. So the influential project manager is really, for me, it's it's an ideal. It's an ideal. It's something that I strive to be, and I think that um, other project leaders should strive to be. Whatever superintendents, project manager doesn't it doesn't really matter. But um, it's somebody that has the soft skills and the hard skills that are required to do the wear the many caps that we have to wear. And I've kind of like summarized it um in a framework and and put to put it together in a in a in a framework that i call the seven archetypes of the influential project manager um so that that's what that is and other than that the newsletter half of it is kind of just the brand and and talking about how to um develop and create more project leaders through um, the strategies, the frameworks, and the best practices that lead to what's most desirable uh, and what we really want, which is predictable outcomes, right? That's all we, we get paid to do, and that's what we're here to do is to take a set of drawings, some plans, some specifications, an idea uh, that a customer wants, and say, you know what? this is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to do it. And then through all these techniques, conversations, text message, phone calls, and meetings, produce this outcome, right? And make magically, it happen magically, <laughs> you know? So that's, it's, it's the challenge and it's the fun part. And, and that's what construction management is, I guess, at the, the, you know, when you distill it down, is producing predictable outcomes. It's both at the macro level and the micro level. Um, so um, the, the seven archetype framework um, that we can get into is the seven archetypes, which are really behavior types that um, are most likely to give you these, predi these predictable outcomes. And so the, those seven are, are the communicator, the enforcer, the builder, the leader, the attorney, the accountant, and the business developer. So, and those this, are the. Take go a ahead. step back. This is like one p.m. Like one person needs to wear all seven of these hats. Essentially, is what you're saying. Yeah, and and be able to just lean into these as needed and have them at so i guess the goal is to be as well rounded as you can so um because you know we we're on all these diverse projects diverse situations um you know a project essentially is a little mini business right it's yeah. got everything that a business has it has cash flow it has you know contracts uh resources schedules uh people, teams, it's got everything that a, any business has. So yeah, those, those, when you're leading that effort, um, you need a, you need a wide range of tools and behaviors that you're comfortable with. And we all have our strengths too. Like we all, most of us, some of us are more communicators and some of us are more, um, you know, maybe, uh, t uh number savvy and, you know, 
good with the spreadsheets and others are just good with people and and good at leading leading others and but the goal is to really just be well-rounded so as we go through and talk about these these frameworks it's good to pick one or two that you may think that you're not as satisfied with or not as uh, proficient in and just work on one or two of them and then improve that and then maybe go on to a couple others but keep in mind that all well, these are important and um, to to do this well um, you got to learn a little bit of everything we wear a lot of different hats no yeah well 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 said man and, and um, Kyle I've been following you for, for quite a while now your, your newsletter and stuff and you put out some great stuff. I mean, it's awesome. I mean, quite quite often, I tell my team, if you haven't subscribed already, you need to. And and, and by the way, here's here's some good stuff for you this week. Like I'm forwarding forwarding your stuff around because I'm like, this is some great stuff that applies to our project right now that we need to be thinking about. And so, so I'm I'm trying to help Thank spread the you. word. It's such valuable information. One of the things I really love, and you just said it a, a minute ago, was producing predictable outcomes. A lot of times people get stuck in this mode of you got to have the highest quality, you got to bring in the lowest cost for the customer. That's not necessarily the truth. What they want is they want to hire you and they want to get what they need to get. It could be different and it also could change, but they want it to be predictable. That's why they hire you again and again. again. So I love that point. That is so key and so critical to being successful. Yeah, well said, you know, and that outcome could change midway through a project. And as long as you reestablish with your customer that, hey, we have a new outcome and here's what we're going to do. It might, you know, whatever the whatever may happen, it might be more money, it might be a different direction. But like I said, that's why I said it's at the macro and the micro. You know, you got to be able to predict the next week, the next three weeks and also the whole outcome, which is the, the project, you know, so um it's it's everywhere, and these behaviors are are what get you there, are are, are how you operate. So, and yeah. you, you really can't do it without them because just like you just said, projects can change and the outcomes can change, and you have to be flexible and you have to at the high level you got to be able to picture what the customer wants, even if they can't exactly tell you, you got to kind of read their mind and see the direction the project's going and advise them. And they need to come to grips with it. You need to be able to, able to, you know, produce it at the end of the day. And if you don't understand it from those different perspectives, you can't communicate it and you can't produce it. So, I mean, it's, yeah. it's brilliant, man. It's awesome. I want to feedback on what Kyle was saying a minute ago about, you know, just again, hyping up your sub stack because it is really is great. Like I was going to write a, an MEP, kind of a, a MEP 101, and it was on my hit list. And you put one out, and I was like, "Well, shit, I can't beat that. I'm just gonna share this one." (laughs) It was so good, man. It was so good. Awesome. It was. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. I I wrote it just for you know, like I think we talked, wrote it for the person I was, you know, a few years ago, and just needing to know it because it's, I've been schooled in so many MEP situations that it's, um, it's so useful to know, and and, you know, you can you can be that more. much more effective as a manager. A hundred percent. A lot of, I've seen a lot of construction managers who don't understand the MEP stuff probably well enough. And so that was a, it was really good. I mean, it was really the one-on-one level, but then, I mean, there was enough information in there that, I mean, it was, I'm going to link to that in the show notes. Cause yeah, it was great. I'm writing myself a note, but no, it was good stuff, man. Um, so talking about these seven archetypes, you know, and obviously some people were stronger at some a weaker on others. And obviously you're, 
ideally you're perfect on all seven, right? But like, that's never going to happen. Um, it, yeah. There's, you know, a lot of people say, don't even worry about your weaknesses, you know, build up your strengths and, and build a team to complement your weaknesses. Right. I mean, obviously you need to work on some of your weaknesses. You can't be a complete failure in some of them. Right. But I mean, what's your thoughts on putting together, you know, trying to put together a team around you or, you know, around a project team that's, construction is kind of weird right you may be with this project team and the next one you get shuffled up and sent out to this one and it's hard to i don't know if people put a lot of thought into that sort of thing of like what their strengths are necessarily yeah yeah and you're right you know we all have our strengths and weaknesses we all have our personality um traits and our character traits that kind of come with us through the way we grow up and the environments we've been in and the environments that we're at, that we're in. Um, but, you know, behavior is something that can be changed. You know, there's like a lot of studies on, on, you know, being able to change your behavior and improve your behavior. And the first thing to do is become aware of it. And so when you're aware of your behavior and what behavior you need to produce, then that's the first step in being able to change. Um, yeah. And like you said, um, you know, you can use others and find other means to shore up your weaknesses. But once you go to that next project, you might not have that. Um, or, you know, you might come in this other situation and you might not have that. But with I, what I've found is that if you really have like you lean a lot into the leadership um you know, the leader, the team leader, or the communicator, you, you're really strong in that area, but you have some really big gaps in the, the attorney category or the accountant category. You're going to, you're going to really find yourself in some big gaps. You're not going to be able to um, really compensate for that. That's something you can't always outsource and, um, you know, lean on others for. You kind of have to have some knowledge and some, yeah. some way, a, an understanding of how to get yourself out of certain situations. Um, so that's why it's important to think of that. And you're not going to be hundred percent perfect in any of them. And that's not the expectation. It's really just to be aware and to understand when you might need to improve, or maybe you need to go out and find the knowledge or find the mentor that, um, can help you when you come across that situation. And cause you know, Man, project that... managers or risk managers too. Oh yeah. So, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. I I just had to had to chime in because again, your point was spot on, man. And that ex, that example was me. So a couple of years ago, even my, my my business had been running for about five years, and I was still like an accounting uh, moron. Is the best best phrase I'll use for this for these listeners. But um, I didn't know shit, man. Like 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 it was like I had a business running, and I was starting to hire people, and I was like, you know, I don't know what I don't know. I probably better start getting up on this stuff. And so I went and brought on an accounting firm, got them doing my bookkeeping for me. It was only months later that we were starting to have problems. Like I wasn't getting what I thought I should be getting, wasn't getting them what they needed. At the end of the day, it was me not understanding enough to be able to communicate in their language what they needed and what they wanted. So mm. it was, there was this big breakdown of communication between us. They thought I was asking for something. I thought I was asking for something different. So like we were button heads for a while and finally we just we had this meeting and we sat down for an hour and talked through all of our issues and I realized that okay yeah I don't know what the hell I'm talking about with this stuff. So <laughs> and, and I'm still not an expert today but I know a heck of a lot more now because of it and it's just but those those little things learn that hat just to be able to communicate effectively is huge. Yeah. 
Exactly. Just to be able to know what you need and what you want. So it's kind of like if you don't know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you need to know just enough to to know what you don't know. And then you can get yourself out of the situation and maybe get your project back on track or, um, you know, make that customer that much happier. Yeah. Yeah. So do you want to uh, go in a little bit more depth on each one of the seven and kind of what the each one is? And, yeah. Um, most of them are pretty self-explanatory, but just kind of want to go through them. Yeah, let's let's just talk through them. Um, and just so everyone knows uh, what an archetype is, if the, you know, we can quickly define that as um, basically it's a behavior type. It's a it's a mental model. It's kind of like how we. You hear it a lot about in stories and stuff, like how we understand each other. It's it's kind of a behavior model to help us, like you know, I've heard of the hero archetype and the 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 shadow archetype. So that's what these are meant to be, is just to remind of you know that that person who's really strong in that area is like, okay, what would the the communicator do here in this situation? What would the attorney do in this? So we'll go through each one. The first one is the communicator. And um, as you can imagine, like you said, these are pretty self-explanatory, but projects are, are fueled on communication. Um, and the communicator is the one who excels in that. They can communicate verbally, non-verbally, um, uh, in writing. They can present. They can communicate their ideas. They're the master of clear communication, which clear communication is huge. It's, it's when... It's when the idea in my head is the, uh, and the idea in your head is the exact same. It's a mirror image after I communicate it to you. So there's, there's no gaps. There's no misunderstanding. There's, you know exactly what I'm thinking. So the, the communicator is the one is, who's able to transmit that very clearly. And um, they're, they're also very attuned to their audience. They know who they're talking to. They know who's on the other side of that email. They know who, what that person's tendencies are. They might even know that this person is a, uh, a highly dominant personality. This person's not a highly dominant personality. So I'm going to tune my, my communication to that person. So that's it. And it's incredibly you know, important on a project, especially, you know, architects and engineers are very wired differently than, than subcontractors and your plumbing foreman. So you got to be able to be able to talk to, to two different, way different types of people. And that message is going to look a lot different. So, yeah. Communication and construction has got, I mean, when you really take a step back and think about it, like you just explained it, is wild because you know sometimes you're again you're talking to the architect and the engineer and they want something maybe very technical you're talking to the foreman he wants stuff maybe in layman's terms right or at least in his technical terms right you're yeah the building owner who may not even know anything about construction right you're trying to explain that to them but then you have to do it verbally written sometimes you actually literally draw pictures right like sketches out in the field like you just there's so many ways you have to communicate differently to different people and it's it's very difficult and the guys who do it well, the guys and girls that do it well, like it's, they, they're amazing, you know? Yeah. Stand out as a oh, leader yeah. right away. Oh yeah. 
Yeah. Well, we, we, we've all seen that meme that goes around in the industry where, you know, it's it, it's basically the tire swing, like like there's a oh, swing yeah. in a tree and it's like what the customer wanted, what the engineer designed, what the CAD guy created <laughs> and then what was actually built. And it's just what what was budgeted. And <laughs> yeah, we, 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 we got to find that and put that in the comments or something, too. That's that's good stuff. Yeah. OK, so the next one, if you want to go into number two, um, the next one is the enforcer. And um, this one's a tricky one. I think I see most people struggle with this. It, it, it can be challenging. And the enforcer is is the one who fearlessly upholds accountability at all levels, right? We all have a role. We all have a responsibility. And that, you know, that includes owners, um, architects, people on our team. They're holding everyone accountable um, to, to the goals, making sure that everyone's contributing, um, doing what they need to, you know, need to get done when it needs to get by. They're not only holding others accountable, but they're holding themselves accountable um, because, it, you know, that's what really fuels high performance and, and the, you know, the art of getting these things done. So it's just consistently, consistently holding people accountable, holding others accountable, holding themselves accountable, and um, enforcing that down, up and down the chain of command. Yeah. And that one's tough because, you know, sometimes it requires like hard conversations. It, you know, requires, you know, some, a lot of follow-up and changing things the way things are done. But, you know, um, that's the enforcer archetype. That's, yeah, I mean, that may be, I'm just thinking through them all. That may be one of the harder ones, maybe for soft skills, you know, of just having to enforce, but do it tactfully and empathetically at times. And like, yeah, it's just, maybe it's maybe one of the harder ones for me, I guess, maybe too. Just, I mean, I feel like over the years, I've gotten a lot better at it. I know 13 years ago when I graduated college and I started out, I wasn't good at it. I'm like, here's your contract. Just do what your contract says. Shut up and go away. You know, that type of thing where that never works yeah. well. Exactly. Well, it's yeah. it's also really tough, too, because um, holding people accountable takes a lot of time and effort. And we all get so busy in whatever we're doing that for us to also do that and make sure everybody else is doing what they have to do, that's a lot of work. And it's really easy to let that stuff slide and say, you know what? Ah, they didn't get it done, but, you know, we'll figure it out next week. Well, guess what? Next week when you're busy, that's going to pile on your list of things to do. So then it'll be the next week and the next week. And the more those busy. things that go by, the more your life just, your project spirals out of control. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, good, the best approach is really just creating that culture of accountability um, and enforcing it. It's like... You know how, how many times, like you know, when you have to get on somebody, they're not keeping their job, they're they're under the job site clean, not cleaning up after themselves, not you know those little things. And um, but once you create a culture, it's like no, the job site's always clean, like yeah. it, it doesn't matter. Like so, it's that's the influential project managers like running that type of organization and and that type of. Environment. That's what. That's the enforcer. It's like, no. This is how. This is the standard, and we need to be up here. That's, you know, that's the, I guess the, the approach there. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Number three. Number three is the builder, um, 
And as you can imagine, that is more or less the archetype of the superintendent, the one that is the the expert in their craft. Um, they prioritize efficiency. They they build in a way that minimizes waste uh, in a very lean way, uh, methodically, and they optimize the value. You know, they understand. Um, well, did I just mute myself? No. Good. Oh, there we go. I clicked some other button. Um, so they optimize um, value and they minimize waste. So they build and run work in a, in a very methodical, lean, efficient way. And they also understand all the building systems, you know, uh, MEP, um, materials, um, means and methods, these types of things. They're builders. They know how things go together. They know what everybody uh, what all the trades need and how they get their work done. And so when I, I, I tell everyone that's coming into the uh, industry, like project engineers and interns and uh, anyone really, that you need to spend a lot of time in the field, uh, you know, getting to know how the work goes in, how it goes, how it goes into place, how the trades think. Um because again, it makes you, that's you working on your builder archetype. Um, and it makes you that much more effective of manager because it's hard to manage things that you don't fully understand. Like your accounting example. Um, when you know how to speak the language of the trades, you, you can you can take that and speak it to the owner and speak it to the client, speak it to the architect. Um and so that's that's that archetype is is working and improving on that, and that that's what I spent a lot of time doing at the front end of my career. Well, and and that's that's really good advice there too. We'll come back to in a second. But um, you know, one of the things that came to mind for me was everybody talks about can you look at the drawings and the specs and can you visualize the structure that you're about to build, whatever that is. But the best mm -hmm. builders, the ones that are really skilled, they know how it's going to get built, not just what it's going to look like at the end. But they know how that wall is going to be, get put into place. They know the steps to get that get that CMU finished up and get those masons in there. They know how that roof structure is going to get set. They know how the plumbing is. I mean, they know the how, not just the finished product. I think they yes. visualize it in a time sequence too, right? Yeah. Like you've seen like those time lapse videos or sometimes they're animations where you see the whole building get built, right? And it's like the conduit and the ductwork just kind of flying in place. Well, I imagine like they're just like envisioning the building going in in layers <laughs> and so yeah um, those superintendents like you're talking about that you know i'm picturing like the crusty crusty you know gray-haired old superintendent the kind of he's kind of a little bit cranky but but he knows every trade <laughs> better than the on-site foreman does right <laughs> like yes he's like mentoring the on-site superintendents for the trades crafts and he almost seems, seems to know their work better than they do because he's been doing it and he's he's a you know he's a student of it right and like it's just anyway, those guys are super valuable. Yes, exactly. That's exactly who I think of is the gray haired superintendent that's, you know, can can build anything. Mm -hmm. And you know what's cool is that they not only see, you know, the real picture of what's on they see what they can look at a plan and see what's not on the plans. They can say, Oh, I can tell you, you know, we're gonna this is calling for a vertical expansion. Well, I can tell you that uh what we're going to need is to build is a pedestrian walkway to protect pedestrians. It's like, well, you would, you would never see that on the plan. Architect would never even think of to draw that, yeah. but he knows, he knows how to build it and he knows what it's going to take. And he knows all the building codes that are relevant. So 
it's yeah maybe one day i'll be able to do that i feel like i can read plans pretty good but when you look at them and all you all you see is the problems jumping out at you you know what i mean like yeah like x-ray vision or something like that and so you can see the trouble spots you can see the missing things that's <laughs> so. yeah so that's the ideal so that is like that's the uh, builder archetype and the fourth one is the leader the leader or the the captain I, I went back and forth between the leader or the captain um but the same type of message and and that's the one who um puts puts themselves uh or puts the team and the mission um in front of themselves or and above their own personal interest they exemplify like dedication and taking ownership for every task regardless of its nature and so they're natural motivators uh, and they build an environment that encourages growth and future leaders um, and inspires future leaders through like passion and dedication um, so yeah they're, they're team they're team people they know how to uh, lead and manage others and um, they can get people following following the lead and and doing what they need to do they make people better it's funny because i was thinking like leaders like i was thinking well that's kind of the same as a communicator but no it's different like a different really kind of different skill set it's i mean it, i guess all these kind of play off of one another right for the most part but it's they are all independently important yeah and, well, and uh number that, okay. that leader um, has a lot of stuff going on and at the end of the day, it's like all the different problems they're dealing with, but they still got to be able to corral it in a way to put the team first. Because at the end of the day, they need the team to get the job done. So yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's that's a key one. Uh, you can like a high performance team. I think like just through my background in in sports, and and also being on a lot of construction teams. Um, one of the commonalities I found that is the highest performing teams usually have a very um, strong leader. You know, they have a, a leader that's a, it's more of a functional leader, not a guy that is up giving speeches and, you know, doing it's really a guy that can carry water and, um, you know, doesn't mind doing thankless tasks in the shadows like um you know, it's really just a leader, like a, like a, like a Tom Brady, you know, who's just, um, can lead the team onboard people. And is just trying to make his team better. He's trying to multiply mm -hmm. others, trying to give them opportunity. Um, I've so yeah, that, you see that a lot, especially like in the NFL, I'm sure it happens in sports too, but I see in the NFL a lot where they'll have a guy they'll bring in some, you know, 15 year veteran wide receiver, right? Cause there's a whole bunch of young kids in the wide receiver core and they're bringing this 15 year veteran and just put them with them right just to kind of be that leader just to, and you never hear about him he, he may make 10 catches all season right like he's not doing anything on the field but him being mm -hmm. in that locker room and just with his presence and his leadership just like it just elevates the whole team so exactly exactly uh number five is the attorney the attorney archetype so that one um you know, in construction, in what we do, architectural and AEC, we're all bound by contracts. We're all tied together via contracts. You know, we're in a contract with the owner, the the GCs in the con into contract with sub or uh, the subcontractors, the trade partners, and 
there's contracts that flow down from there. So we're all tied together via contracts. So we need to be able to speak that language. We need to know how to navigate legal obligations and how to interpret contracts and also communicate them out. We need to know what they mean and what they mean for how we need to behave and you know what kind of notice we need to give and how how much notice we need to give, how what time, um, what happens when claims happen, disputes, disagreements, things of that nature. That's just part of the business, and that's how we're all tied together. These these are, they're essentially like the playbook of of construction. It's it's our playbook. Um, so the attorney is the one who is proficient in that and can you know, minimize risk and, and use these things to keep everyone safe and compliant. Um, so it's a key skill set. Again, it's something you just need to, to practice with and, and uh, work on. It's funny. I, so many people, it's kind of been, it was like the 25 hacks I did. Like number one was RTFC, read the contract. And because like yeah. so many people, especially when you're starting out in the industry, right? Like you're working for a contract or contract door like it's you're bound by the contract right but like and that yeah. tells you everything you need to know and i mean with the plans and specs are those are contract documents they're part of your contract like but people just don't take the time to understand it and read it and i guess it's because it's boring it's the, probably the of all these things of all your of all your archetypes it's probably the least sexy right <laughs> like no one wants to read the contract like <laughs> it's yeah. boring it's painful it's got words i don't know how to spell like it's just not fun. exactly Exactly. But I can tell once you do get it and kind of understand, like, you know, a lot of contracts, they're, they're the same. There's like very few changes yeah. between them. And kind of once you understand the themes of the contract, it doesn't become so scary. And then you kind of know, okay, I can communicate this. I can put this in the layman's terms. And, mm -hmm. and if I do that, like, we're all going to be better. It's not a weapon. It's not a, it's not a threat. It's a roadmap. Yeah. You know, it's it's a guideline. It's a playbook. And it keeps there's reasons why everything's written in a contract. It's because something went wrong before and somebody got screwed. So you tell those hundred year old contractors, too, when they got their their contracts this thick because, you know, it's everything, every everything that's ever went wrong for the last hundred years. Got a clause, yeah. got a clause, add a clause. And, so those yeah. guys got and you can't redline anything. No, you know. no, no, no. <laughs> So. Well, and it's and especially the attorney one in my mind is so important because um, when you can understand the contracts and the different contracts and how they play together, how they're connected, that's when you can predict the problems that are going to come up five steps down the road. Like, hey, if we decide to make this change today, this is how it's going to screw up this sub in three months from now. When this could be a contractual thing that could come back to bite us in the ass. It could come back to bite the customer and the owner. So when you can advise them as a construction manager and say, uh, I'm not so sure you want to do that. And here's why. They appreciate that, too. So it's also yeah. something to be, you know, something to be said for bringing that extra value to the customer. And maybe maybe that part's not even in your contract. But if you can tell them, hey, you know, I'm advising you on this. You might want to consider this. They're usually, yeah. they're usually pretty thankful. Yeah, and and in your organization too is going to really appreciate it too. Uh, you know, keeping managing your risk, um, handling it properly, ethically, um, it's it's really good. But you know, as long as you 
you know, get your contract bases good and, and everyone's, everyone's safe and compliant, you know, doesn't matter, you know, what the outcome is, you know, it can be positive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Number six, uh, six is the accountant. Again, a little self-explanatory. This is probably the least sexy one. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) this can be. But the fact is, is, you know, construction, sometimes we underestimate or, or kind of don't give ourselves enough credit. Uh, we we manage millions of dollars. They come millions of dollars, you know, come across our, our desks and we touch and we're responsible for. It may not be ours, but it's somebody's. Um, so the accountant archetype is the one who's really financially literate. Um, they're strong in finances. They they're strong in um, important financial information, like you know, knowing how to understand cash flow and and forecasting expenses and managing budgets and you know and and knowing how to chop up and categorize all these numbers. So ultimately, we can make really informed decisions and really profitable decisions if it might be but you know there's a number of ways you can manage your money and and your job and set your job up and the more informed you are about where your money is how you're going to use it uh where it's going uh and what the plan is you know the better off everyone's going to be you can run a really good operation that way so it's important too it's i say i jokingly say it's probably the least sexy of them all but it's it's i mean they're all important but i would say like at least out of seven things if you could you know put stress to each one probably half your stresses are typically money related right like cash flow making pay you know especially with some smaller subcontractors and stuff they're always trying to make payroll they're always just fighting that right like um yeah when companies you know start to get just start to spiral like just usually a money problem right like i was work for a company who basically grew too fast i mean they were wildly successful they grew so fast they went bankrupt because their cash flow couldn't keep up right like yeah and it just and then you got and started getting into some lawsuits and then it just went up so fast and just crashed so hard and it was all money related it just wasn't managed right you know what i mean so yeah um, it's so important yeah it's a good example. Um, so that's the accountant. And then that's number six. Number seven, the last one, last archetype is the business developer. So that archetype is about um, the fact that we you know we can't do just one project in our career, right? We can't run a business and just do one. There's got to be another project after that. There's got to be another client, another opportunity after that. Um, so we can do this all over again. And that's what the business development behaviors are. Um, they look like um, the person who's really good at building relationships, being genuine, um, knowing what their clients' needs are, getting what they need, and really you know, genuinely caring about about people it's like they're good with people they're like the sales guys they're they're the bd guys this the guys that are good with people and and you know take care of their clients you know treat them right 
take them out to dinner every once in a while, get to know their families, Mm -hmm. get to know about them, what their interests are. Hey, take them hunting, you know, whatever it may be. Um, Building a, a, a relationship outside of just getting your project done. You know, it's like, this is Kyle. He did my project. He did a great job. And he also took time to build a relationship. And, you know, I could, I'd want to kind of work with him in the future. You know, we had a good time and maybe there's some repeat work out of it. So that's another key skill. And that, that was, uh, that might be my weakest skill. Uh, just being honestly uh, is, as I, I could improve a lot. And that's kind of what I'm focusing on now in my career is how can I, you know, build more better, you know, relationships other than just focusing so much on on all these other things that I got to manage but taking a step back and you know what all right let's let's go have lunch or something and just not talk about anything but the project you know yeah. that's Cody Fournay that's one of her big soapboxes she gets on it's kind of that seller doer right and really building those relationships and really being a great business development person on top of being a great you know construction manager and stuff so it's that's kind of hurt the the punchline of a lot of stuff she does, but I see it a lot too. Obviously there's a you know fair share of whining and dining and that sort of stuff that goes along with any sort of business development. But a lot of times it's like any contractor out there can build a building. I'm talking in, you know, stereotypical terms, right? You, anybody can build the building, but yep. what is the experience like for the building owner? What is the experience like for the end client? Um, and if you're, you know, fighting them every way and, you know, it's just a bad experience, they may end up with like a world-class top-of-the-notch building, but if the experience was bad, they're not going to hire you for the next project, right? Like they have a bad taste in their mouth, even though you built them an amazing facility. But even if, you know, say there's some hiccups along the way and I mean, today, I mean, there's problems every day on a construction site, right? Whether it's lead times or your air handlers didn't show up, they're supposed to show up today and sorry, you'll get them in three months and you're scrambling trying to figure out what plan B or plan plan D by that point, who knows? But as long as the client has a good experience along the way, you kind of, you communicate with them, you know, and all these other things that on your list, like to me, yeah. that's what business development for a project manager is just making sure they have a great experience. Right. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Spot on Matt. Yeah. And, and it's, it's Matt, I forget who we talked about with this before, but you know, we, we, we got into this topic of business development and the hardest, it was definitely Cody, actually, now that I think about this, because the hardest part is that of all the other topics, there is no material out there that tells you how to do it, the best way to do it. This is what's going to work for you. It's really like a, you got to have the right skill set and personality, and you got to be somebody that engages with people, and you got to figure out what makes them tick, and then that's what you, how you build that relationship. To me, it's all it's the most challenging one, too. And even more than than accounting, which I suck at, and I openly admitted to on this podcast uh, session. Um, but it's it's tough because there's just it, you, you kind of have to figure it out on your own. Even working with somebody that does it, what works for them may not work for you. It depends on your personality. Well, business development, yeah. you got to make it your own too, right? Like somebody might be really good at like taking people golfing and just you know striking up in that personal relationship. Convert, you know, I mean those sort of things really getting to know their family and all that sort of stuff. And I'm not saying that's not important, but somebody else may have something else that's kind of their specialty, right? Or whatever you want to call it. But you've really got yeah. a lot of that too is just being yourself, right? And so you yeah. gotta you gotta make it your own. Yeah, that's the tricky part. You gotta it's gotta be authentic. 100%. Um authentic to you. Yeah. Otherwise you're you, authentic you real in, quickly. 
turn into the used car salesman, right? You can get that. Once you, once you, once people think you're that, like you're out, like they don't care no more. Yeah. Yeah. I, authentic. And then Kyle, you use the word genuine. That's huge. I mean, if, if somebody, if people think that you're genuine, they want to work with you just even for that simple fact, because they trust you that you're not going to just throw them under the bus and that you're going to have each other's backs when stuff goes wrong, because it does stuff goes wrong on every project, no matter, no matter what project it is, stuff goes wrong. So when they trust mm-hmm. you're going to have their back. Yeah. That's when things really start to happen. I mean, the best GCs I've worked with are the ones that, you know, when it goes wrong, they say, Hey, we screwed up or, Hey, this happened. Like, this is what happened. This is what we're doing to fix it. And then you're just like, sounds good. Like you, yeah. you, know, you can't even be mad. Right. You're like, okay, cool. Like it, it happened. You've, you've already, you've almost, you've either fixed it for even brought it to me, or it's like, you've got the plan of how it's going to get fixed. And you're just like, yeah. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> can't argue with that. No. Yeah. So out of these seven, I mean, overall, I mean, each person has different strengths and weaknesses, obviously. What do you think the, the one people struggle with the most just in general? I think, I think the enforcer is a big one. Um, you know, upholding a standard. Um, that's the one I see is most often. And I, I often find myself either coaching or, or working on that myself too. It's like, okay, letting people get by when underneath the standards underneath what 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 the the rules are the what equates to the outcomes that i want um and then also lead uh being a leader uh the leader is also a tough one to um just the emotional intelligence component and the character traits those are hard things to manage you know um so i think those two um are probably the 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 ones I see that are people struggle with the most. I think, I think so I, I got a question now. So, um, and, and I have my own answer to this. So I want to ask you first, Kyle and, and Matt, when I get your opinion too, um, what do you guys think out of those seven is the one that people think they're really good at, but they actually <laughs> are not good at it at all. I would say and, maybe and I'm generalizing I'm generalizing yeah, the whole yeah, industry yeah. here, but I want to get your opinions. <laughs> yeah, that's tough. I would maybe the communicator. Um, you know, some people can they easily know. think that they're good communicators, but you know, you get a 360 analysis on somebody with you know getting some outside perspectives, and they're like, hmm, "Are you sure about that?" Um, yeah. What about gonna, you, Matt? I was going to say either communicator or leader. The same thing on the communicator. Like everyone thinks they're a good communicator until somebody goes and does something wrong, right? And then it's your fault. Like, why didn't you do what I told you to do? You get that yeah. all the time, right? So, well, obviously that I love that analogy you said earlier, where like the picture in my head has to equal exact mirror the picture in your head. And if I yeah. tell you to go do something, right, and you go do something completely different, well, obviously those pictures didn't match. There was a mismatch. Yep. And a lot of people, and I'm, again, I'm painting the whole industry here, but a lot of people. It's your fault. Like you screwed this up. You didn't do what I told you to do. Yeah. I told you so. I told you so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's why stuff. it's so tough because j- just, just saying it is only part of the equation. Did mm-hmm. the person actually understand it? it did did yeah. the situation reinforce what you were saying and how you were saying it? Were there other things going on? Other dynamics? Was the person even paying freaking attention to you when you were talking to them? <laughs> there's, there's so much that goes into being a good communicator. It's tough. You want to be a good communicator practice, go coach five-year-old baseball, 
like mm. doing that right now and it's like you talk about people not paying attention to you like they're staring at you you can tell they're just like staring at ghosts like yeah. <laughs> there's nothing like they're glad I, like, it's hot they don't want to be there and it's like huh. oh yeah you got to pull out all the tools for that <laughs> the voice the body language the 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 timing oh yeah uh, I'm the assistant coach on our team and our sort of head coach yesterday at practice. He says something like, all right, whoever does this right, I'm going to bring gummy bears for him that next practice. Like he's, he's gotten to the bribing now. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. This was good, Kyle. Um, I'm going to link to your sub stack uh, and all those other things, but um, any other little gold nuggets you want to leave with any of kind of the up and coming construction managers coming up in the industry? Um, you know, I would say out of the seven archetypes, I would just say, take them, write them down and, and pick one or two to focus on. Don't need to, you know, you're, this isn't something that's gonna, you know, you're going to study and learn in one month, one year, even, um, just be aware of them, uh, pick one or two to work on at a time, focus on and just incorporate them into your management style. And, and keep pursuing the the ideal of of your predictable outcomes. Just keep trying to do that, and 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 you're going to have a really great career um, in this in this industry. And if you are in this industry or thinking about getting in this industry, do it. Keep at it because uh, it's an exciting time right now. Um, I think there's a lot going on and a lot of innovation that's happening, and there's a lot of good voices out there you guys being a couple of them and uh i just couldn't be more excited and grateful for it all so that's all i would i would add on that appreciate it man you're one of those voices too that's definitely helping you know pass the torch so it's good stuff yeah 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 wow cool thanks guys thanks kyle kyle no drywall was damaged in this recording we did it Thanks, guys. <laughs> Had a blast. Thanks so much. It was a great time. Thanks, guys. Talk to you later.